SEO is not something that you just start today and you start having inbound leads come in tomorrow. SEO is a long-term play, a great long-term play, but it takes a lot of work and it takes time. Whereas pay-per-click ads, whether they're Facebook ads or AdWords or whatever, are more immediate. You're going to spend more money on that, but they're more immediate. So there's pros and cons to a lot, but yeah, I mean, that's just part of the agencies really figuring out what's going to work best for them. And there are, depending on what it is they're doing, better options than others, but yeah, it's kind of what it is as far as marketing. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Chris, podcast guest today, David Denning. He is the owner of Jumpstart Go, one of the founders of Jumpstart Go, marketing agent for insurance agents and agency owners. We've talked about marketing on this podcast a lot since we launched it about a year ago. And it was just really fantastic to have David on here to talk about not just marketing for insurance agency owners, but also just where the industry is going, how things have changed since COVID began. Chris, what's just a few high-level things that you picked up on this podcast? Whether you should employ SEO when you're a brand new agent, bots, and the outlook for how you're going to carry out a conversation with a client going forward now that COVID-19 is a thing. Honestly, guys, typically I talk a lot during these intros, but it's so much gold here. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Google makes it easy. Swipe a card, pay for marketing. Sure, you get a few more phone calls, but they have nothing to do with your business. The truth is Google can't understand the buyer's intent. Enter Matt and Maddie Jonesa, the husband-wife duo adding intention to your online marketing game. As a State Farm agent himself, Matt built his business by maximizing the volume and quality of inbound calls. His success led to the creation of DirectClicks, a company helping insurance agents across the country grow their business through online campaigns. They focus on Google ads so you don't have to spread your budget across the internet. With attention to detail and transparency, they provide monthly review calls, exclusivity, and the lowest cost per click. So before you swap that card, Contact Matt and Maddie Jonesa at directclicksinc.com. Again, that's directclicksinc.com. David, welcome to Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thanks. Excited to be here. Absolutely, man. We're super excited to be chatting with you today. Me too. Yeah, this is going to be great. All right, man. So we always love to start with just background and origin story, just how you got to where you are today and how Jumpstart Go came to be. So give us your background. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a... Wild ride. Never thought I would be here or really probably doing anything with the insurance industry. Now, it's not typically uh, every kid's dream. I'm going to grow up to be involved in the insurance industry. It's such a sexy and amazing industry, like being an athlete. So, yeah, I mean, my background is actually a little different. My degree is actually in construction management. Worked for a big engineering construction firm around the world. We lived in South Africa a couple of years. We moved back to the U.S. We spent time over in the Philippines, Thailand, different stuff. But when we were coming back from South Africa, my wife and I wanted to start our own business. Her background was in design. And so we actually started a web agency doing marketing, web design, graphics, explainer videos, different stuff for small businesses and startups mostly. And through that, we ended up meeting our third partner in Jumpstart Go, um, Renee Cabrera, who had a background in the insurance industry, had been in the industry 10, 15 plus years and kind of a serial entrepreneur as well. And he had a company he had acquired that did Facebook ads, social media, and AdWords for about 200 agents and agencies. A lot of them were State Farm agents when he was running that. But really through that, we connected a lot. We've worked on projects together and we we're like, you know what? There's a huge need in this industry because 92% don't make it past the first couple of years. And really there's just a huge need for the transition from the past hundred years now into digital marketing and ads and new techniques and how the whole market's kind of shifting the last 10 years. And so that's really where we initially started Jumpstart Go as a company together. And that's where we started the Marketing for Insurance Agents Facebook group, just be a resource for agents to come for free and connect with each other, find referral partners. We do trainings in there. We interview industry experts to come in and share their knowledge and just really made it really super positive group for agents to 
connect with each other and to grow. And yeah, and that's really what our focus for that was. Oh man, that's quite a story from basically being a globetrotter while working to then starting a web agency and then specifically focusing on the insurance world. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I definitely want to chat with you maybe some other time about your travels to the Philippines and Thailand and whatnot. Oh yeah. I go there almost every year. So always happy to chat about that. Awesome, man. Well, I mean, you seem to be incredibly knowledgeable about the world of marketing and insurance. So I'll be very curious to hear your thoughts on COVID-19 and how it has impacted the industry this year and beyond. And maybe more specifically chat about Zoom and whether you think like video conference is going to be like the way for insurance agents to essentially run their businesses going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously COVID-19 has had a huge impact, not just on the insurance industry, but really all industries and you know the whole world. But let's specifically talking about the insurance industry, we have almost 16,000 agents in the Facebook group all over the US, all different lines of insurance. And so I've been in constant communication, contact calls and stuff with them, really hearing how it's impacted them or what's life been like since COVID-19. Obviously, it caught the world off guard and it caught a lot of the insurance industry off guard, some in a positive way and some in a negative way. For those that were used to doing telesales or virtual stuff, they kept rocking and rolling like normal and just saw a huge skyrocket in their business. For those that were mostly face-to-face and in the field, it was a bit of a shift for those. Some had a real tough time shifting over and some picked up the skill and learned it because they knew that's kind of what they needed to do in order to really work now, especially when states were shut down and a lot of restrictions were in place. And then the ones that were doing Zoom and different stuff, that took off. So it really was advantageous to the ones that were already comfortable doing telesales and different stuff because they could just continue right along with that. And life and health industry in particular, agents and agencies are having their top best months and years like ever right now with stuff going on because that's what everybody's talking about, what everybody's thinking about. It's an easy conversation to have because that's what the whole world's concerned about. PNC, some have done very, very well, especially the ones that really embraced telesales and scaling up. But the one that probably took a hit initially was the commercial side. A lot of businesses pulled back on, I've got to be very careful with my finances, what I'm doing. I don't know what the world looks like right now. Can I keep my employees or not? You know, it's been a big shift. But at the end of the day, it really highlighted the need to be versatile and adaptable in your agency and as an agent and have the skill sets and tools to do that. A lot of people like to be, I don't want to say one trick ponies, but like have a special focus and that's something that they're very good at and the way that they do that as well, whether it's telesales or face-to-face, but really you got to be versatile and adaptable. I mean, you know, if you talk about like Michael Jordan or basketball players, just because they're really great at shooting three-pointers doesn't mean they're not practicing their crossovers, their layups, their dribbling, their passing. They got to have all those tools in their box. And if you only know face-to-face and something like COVID happens and you can't shift over to telesales or virtual, it's going to be a rough ride. And I think a lot of people found that out the hard way. So, I mean, it really has just accelerated where things were going already. It just condensed it down in a much shorter period of time. So I'm interested to hear you say, what do you think is going to be permanent from the change? Obviously, still right now when we're filming this or recording this, it's still going to be changes. I mean, we're just getting through an election and all those things. But once we get past to whatever the new normal is going to be, specifically for the insurance industry, what do you think is going to be permanent from the changes that have happened since March of this year? So permanent changes that I see happening is people are going to be more comfortable with doing stuff virtually or over the phone, whether that's Zoom or over the phone telesales. People are more comfortable with that, even older demographics. Right now, I know multiple agencies that they're just strictly doing telesales or even Zoom meetings with 65 plus crowd, whether it's Medicare or annuities, all that type of stuff. They're comfortable doing virtually now, especially when you start to think like that demographic or think about things like annuities. Typically, those are very face-to-face, sit down in front of a person, multiple meetings type things. But now they're happening virtually and people are getting comfortable and the older demographics are getting more comfortable too. 10,000 people a day are turning 65 plus. And so that market's huge, especially as the baby boomers are retiring. And they're just getting used to and more comfortable with how to work their phones, have conversations over the phone and make decisions over the phone, how to do Zoom. Those are huge. And then obviously the younger demographics, like millennials and everything, you know, we're very comfortable with technology and doing that anyways. And we've been demanding this for years if not, you know, decade plus of like, we want to shift and we want to be able to work from home. We want to do stuff virtually. Why this focus of show up to an office, sit down from eight to five. And so the boss can keep an eye on you. Like it's not efficient. 
commutes are not fun. It's a waste of additional money. And so one of the other permanent things I see happening is people are going to be more comfortable working virtually and realizing that we can be just as productive, if not more productive and more profitable by having a workforce that's working remotely and distributed versus having to have those brick and mortars and having to have the staff come into those or even have brick and mortar locations for your insurance agency. I know plenty that run their whole agency virtually and they've never even met a customer face-to-face and it's definitely possible nowadays. And so those are some big things. And then just being versatile and having to have multiple skill sets, I think is a thing to say. The strictly only face-to-face agents, it's going to change and adapt to where you're just going to have to be good at telesales or virtual meetings and technology because there's going to be a demand for that and more of a demand as well as the years come on. So I think that's probably the biggest things is more distributed workforce and people being able to work remotely, which they can be just productive, if not more productive with having to be skilled in both telesales or virtual with Zoom and face-to-face. And then just the change of the demographics becoming more comfortable with technology and actually being easier to have those processes and sales processes with them. Yeah, I think it's a matter of leadership too. Like I feel like a lot of agents had distrust maybe from their teams when they moved to being remote just because of the fact that they weren't keeping a direct eye on them. But at the end of the day, it's like one of our guests said in episode number three, which is that the speed of the leader will determine the speed of the pack. And essentially, if you're a good leader, I feel like your team's going to be good, whether you're remote or in person. You can't be slow anymore. There is no slow nowadays. Slow loses. You have to be fast. You have to be quick to adapt. And there's huge, huge companies and IMOs and organizations that strictly only did face-to-face, only encouraged their agents to do face-to-face. And then there are ones that adapted and shifted, and now their agents are doing excellent virtually and also able to do face-to-face. And there's ones that held back and pushed back and didn't want to make that shift. And it you know, was to a detriment to their company and their agents. I know one company that they specialize in helping teachers with their 403B plans, contract school districts around the country, their retirement planning. And they always went face-to-face into the schools, met with teachers, did that. And for them, virtual telesales didn't exist. And they pretty much within a month or two made a giant shift over to having Zoom meetings with all these teachers. And now they can't even keep up with the amount of requests they have for these Zoom meetings. They literally don't have enough people to handle all of these. And the teachers are perfectly fine doing this, especially because they're having to do it with their students every day because all their students are meeting virtually as well over Zoom or online learning and stuff. And so the teachers are perfectly comfortable doing that and handling that with them. So that's just an example of shifting and adapting. Yeah. And one thing also, it's a lot more convenient for the customer to just be like, okay, I'll jump on Zoom with you as opposed to driving to your office. But I mean, what I hear you speak, it sounds like everything is basically tech, tech, change fast and like reiterate quickly. How do you see marketing changing over the next five years, specifically speaking for insurance agents? I think it's going to be a lot of what the change has been over the last five to 10 years. It's going to be shifting more and more to digital and more highly targeted means as well as inbound marketing as well. The days of your billboards, radio, TV, magazines, we've all seen declining ROIs and results from those over the years. And just the lack of really being able to track and measure your ROIs off of that has always been a big issue and problem. And so shifting to the digital side has been a big challenge because for 100 years, agents and agencies didn't have to really change their marketing tactics. They work the same. But now it's significantly changed. One thing that's definitely going to have a huge impact is ones that are only focusing on like calling their leads. Nowadays, especially millennials, the younger generation, we don't answer our phone if we don't recognize the number. In fact, our phones are now telling us it's spam as the number's coming in. So we're definitely not answering it. And so if you're only relying on trying to call who you're trying to get in contact with, you're not going to have as high of a contact rate as you used to be. So omni-channel marketing and reaching out to your prospects and leads using messenger marketing, using text, using email, using ringless voicemail compliantly, of course, for all of that, but using those methods and means are huge because that really ups your contact rate with those and gives you those chances for the sale. So omni-channel inbound marketing, it's been, this industry has been heavily, heavily outbound marketing for most of it, whether that's running ads, whether that's hitting up the phone books and dialing people, cold calling, door knocking, but the shift to inbound just for the sake of efficiency and return on investment is huge. So you'll see a lot more content coming out, whether it's video, whether it's articles, whether it's even online seminars or meetings or presentations, a lot of that stuff that's going to bring inbound and people coming to reach out to the agents and agencies rather than the agencies trying to reach out and pull in prospects. So that's going to be a shift as well. 
And the biggest thing, and continues to be a big thing because it's been the last five, 10 years as well, is just more and more targeted marketing. There's so much data, so much info out there. For better or for worse, no taking a hard stance on that. We all know Facebook and Google know everything about us and that's the way it is. That probably isn't changing. And that for an advertiser and for a marketer, that's a dream to know your audience really in depth, be able to deliver stuff to them that's relevant, that's what they need, getting in front of them at the right time in the right method or way, that's huge. And that's just going to be a bigger and bigger thing that they're going to be doing. So yeah, those are some of the ways that I see it changing. We've talked about marketing a lot on the podcast. I mean, we've had a lot of different marketing guests come at it from a lot of different angles, whether it's SEO, pay-per-click, creating a personal brand, social media marketing, social media presence has come up. And depending on the company you represent, there's different legal and compliance challenges that you may have. And so we understand that. But that being said, one of the things as you were talking, you were just kind of rattling off some of those things, inbound marketing, outbound marketing, referral sources, social media, we could throw so much out, is that it can be kind of overwhelming. And to say, what do I need to do, obviously, in my marketplace? And so what I think ends up happening is you end up splintering your budget and not necessarily doing anything very well, just trying to do everything. And so I really would be curious of your thoughts about that because then somebody will just start throwing money at anything to try to see results and they're not going to do it. And so they end up kind of throwing their hands up saying, well, marketing just doesn't work for me. And that really comes down to it's much better to do one or two things very well and find your biggest channels for bringing people in and optimize those than it is to try everything under the sun and try to do everything at once. The same thing with social channels. People come to me all the time and ask me, oh, what channels are worth doing? Should I just try to do everything? And it's like you can't do everything, especially if you don't have a huge team to do that. You probably shouldn't be starting on Pinterest and Medium and some of these other ones when Facebook and LinkedIn and some of these other ones are such more big opportunities and more effective at driving people in. Like Facebook for personal lines is excellent. LinkedIn for commercial side, recruiting agents is huge. So there's some of the two biggest platforms and now that Facebook's integrated in with Instagram as well. Instagram is now an opportunity too. But that's just an example of social, but marketing in general, it's much better to have a couple pieces to your funnel couple channels that you're driving your leads and prospects through than it is to try to have a bunch of different ones. Now, that may be different depending on what lines you focus on, if you're captive, you're independent, where you're located, all these different things. And so it does come down to testing a little bit. I mean, that's a concept that applies to marketing with really any industry is being able to test, evaluate results, and then make decisions off of that and pivot if you need to something else. And so that's the same thing here. Not everything's going to work for everybody, especially if you're just trying to figure it out yourself. That's rough. That's a quick way to go through your time and your budget. But sometimes that's the way that people have to do it. And so you got to test, see if you can make that work. And then if not, go on to something else. But really starting with more of the tried and true and proven methods rather than just trying to experiment with everything. And also understanding the cycle on different things as well. SEO is not a quick game. SEO is not something that you just start today and you start having inbound leads come in tomorrow. SEO is a long-term play, a great long-term play, but it takes a lot of work and it takes time. Whereas pay-per-click ads, whether they're Facebook ads or AdWords or whatever, are more immediate. You're going to spend more money on that, but they're more immediate. So there's pros and cons to a lot, but yeah, I mean, that's just part of the agencies really figuring out what's going to work best for them. And there are, depending on what it is they're doing, better options than others. But yeah, it's kind of what it is as far as marketing. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top-performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. I actually have like a three-part question. I think with SEO, it definitely takes a longer period of time to see the ROI. So what do you say to the agent who's impatient and just wants to get immediate results out of SEO? Like, how do you present SEO to somebody who's like, I don't want to pay a thousand bucks a month for you to do SEO with one, I don't even know what that is. And two, 
when am I going to see money out of it? Yeah. So SEO, especially for an agent and not an agency owner, is not the first area at all I would have been focusing on. Uh, there's much more immediate ways of bringing those leads and prospects, which they're usually on a limited budget, need results faster rather than later. Agents are thinking more month to month, not year to year on their marketing strategies. And so SEO would not be the first thing I would be having them do. Yeah, maybe having a few articles that position them as an authority on what they're talking about that they can reference prospects to and stuff like that. But they're not going to have the budgets and the time to wait for those plays on SEO. Now, for agency owners, it can be great long-term play because they'll have the budget and they're thinking more long-term. And so that makes sense. But yeah, 500000 really any good SEO is at least 1000 a month because there's so much stuff that goes into that. You really do have to have the budget for it. And it is a long-term play. I mean, if you're looking at how much you're putting in over the first three to six months, you could have gotten a ton more leads from something else, but you're banking on the fact that you're going to get leads longer term that are come inbound. They're going to reap the rewards from that SEO. So I think it's hard to get the mindset of an agent, an individual agent, not an agency owner, individual agent to really be in the right spot for SEO. And usually the budgets and times just don't match up with that method. Whereas an agency owner, if you're talking to them, they may be able to see that long-term play, but even agency owners really tend to focus more on the short-term month-to-month as well and really setting their agents up for success. So SEO tends to be a secondary tertiary marketing method that they implement after they've already got some other marketing methods set. Now, it's great. Like Jeff Root on the life side, he speaks about those conferences, wrote books on this. This has been a long-term thing, especially on selling term life insurance that he's just an expert at. And that's been huge for him. Like a ton of their BGA's leads all come in off of inbound SEO and content marketing, which is great, but takes time, takes effort, takes money. And usually individual agents don't have the resources to really spend a ton of effort and opportunity on that. Got it. Thank you so much for that very, very thorough answer. And honestly, it was a lot more than I expected. So thank you. Part number two of my three-part question would be maybe a little bit out there, but like, what do you think of bots? Because I feel like that's becoming more of a thing nowadays, especially with like messenger bots and SMS bots. Are you recommending that to agents? Are you seeing agents using them? Just your thoughts on bots in general. Yeah, absolutely. When people talk about bots, mostly they're talking about like chatbots, messenger marketing mm-hmm. bots. Chatbots, for most part. Not the bots creating fake accounts and you know <laughs> influencing elections and different stuff. That's a whole different type of bots. But the bots we're talking about is mostly chat bots and messenger marketing type bots. And I think the most important thing to understand with those is they're not meant to replace you and to kind of make the whole thing automated and take the agent out of the equation. There's a lot of value that agents bring, as all agents and agency owners know, but the bots are really, and chatbots, semester marketing, are to be help you be more efficient and effective at what you're doing. We all know, for example, speed to contact is huge. On a real-time lead, those first 10 minutes are critical. Past those first 10 minutes, you can look at the charts, the contact rate drops significantly. And we're all busy, especially if you're manually working your leads, if you don't have a bunch of automation and things in place already, and you're just trying to manually call all day long, you're on the phone with people, you're trying to follow up with people one by one, calling them, and you're doing all the other servicing and all the other stuff agents have to do, then you're not always going to have that speed to contact. But having a chatbot or something that can immediately engage a prospect that's come through, whether it's an ad, whether it's your page, whether it's your website, and start getting a flow going and going ahead and getting that info that you're going to need to ask for anyways, especially if you can do it in an entertaining and fun way. A lot of people think a chatbot's just as like, question, answer, question, answer. Everybody hates those. Those aren't fun. But you can certainly design chatbots using your GIFs, using video, using fun copy that it's actually fun to go through. And that's the other thing as well is not trying to disguise bots as people. People nowadays, they're smart. They can tell if they're talking to a bot or a person. Don't disguise it. Let them know, you know, it's a bot. I'm here to start collecting stuff and the agent's going to hop on as soon as you can, but I'm going ahead and getting you rolling and started. That's fine. They're saving time by doing this. And everything has to tie together. So the agent and agency side should not come on and immediately start asking the same questions the bot's already collected. That's one way to piss off a prospect. And everybody hates having to collect information twice. So it should go along with the agent and basically allow them to save time, be quicker at getting that person a quote or answers to what they're looking for. And so bots really just allow you to be more efficient. 
I have a whole bunch of different resources to connect agents with and different stuff. But one, they do a ton of messenger marketing. That's kind of their specialty and what they do. And they'll run ads to these just insanely custom bots that they've built for different insurance lines, different products, even different carriers that people will run through. And these things are incredibly deep and detailed, but for the prospect going through, it's a fun experience. And going through a quoting process for insurance is not a normal fun experience. And the bots really allow them to leverage that. And so that the agent doesn't have to spend as much time, one, getting immediately in contact with them. And then two, just going through that collection of their name, their phone number, all that initial stuff that they need. And people can go through the bots all the way to basically giving you everything you need to do a quote, booking their own sales call with you. It's just really to make you more efficient as an agent. And those aren't going anywhere. In fact, they're going to be more prevalent, but there's going to be better done in the upcoming years rather than your traditional chat bot that everybody doesn't really like. Just get me the support. Get me to a human, which we all know have hopped on with support. And we're just kind of like, I don't want to talk to your bot. I want to talk to an actual person. And so, yeah, I think it's a, a supplement and a tool for agents and agencies, but yeah, it's not going to replace anything. It's just going to help them be more efficient with what they do. Now, final question to bring it all together. I know that you and your team at Jumpstart Go love automation. So can you talk to us about how you're coaching agents to use automation in their marketing efforts? Yeah, and I think a lot of that ties into kind of some of the stuff I've been talking about. Different lines of insurance, there's different ones that are more applicable and better fits for them. But there's a lot of different automation software and tools out there that are really worth looking at just for the sake of efficiency and allowing you to get better ROI. For example, like some on the PNC side, Better Agency, excuse me, Agency MVP, Radius Bob, Ricochet. There's a ton of different ones and they really allow you to save a lot of time and make more informed decisions, get a higher contact rate, better sales process, better ROI, like on the life and health side, you know, the church lead machine, go high level, different stuff are all different ones out there as well. So there's a bunch of different ones and finding the one that fits you and also your comfortability with tech and stuff is you just kind of have to do your own testing and stuff. But we really teach them to find the automation. We can make recommendations, help them, you know, test out a few that they're looking at or whatever. But getting that integrated into their agency and their processes as opposed to doing everything manually, which they're just wasting time and money and getting overwhelmed and stressed by doing that and not really setting themselves up for success. And so by having a piece of automation that if you have a prospect come through an ad, for example, that they're immediately, now TCPA opted in ad, of course, they come through an ad that they're immediately like, say Bradley filled out an ad or everyone came through that he's immediately getting a ringless voicemail that says, Hey, this is Brad, David, I look forward to helping you with your insurance. I saw you reached out. Here's my phone number. So when I call you recognize it and you know, it's not spam. You'll get an email and a text with the same info as well as a link to go ahead and book on my own calendar. If you want to book your own appointment, look forward to speaking with you. And they get an email and a text immediately that they can go book their own appointment as well. Well, speed to contact, they got contact immediately. They're going to stop searching and filling out every single online quote form possible or that, oh, I guess I submitted something. I wonder if I'll ever hear back from them or I forgot I even submitted something. They've been contacted immediately. So they know, oh, okay, he's going to reach out to me. Cool. That speed to contact and also preventing them from going and trying to shop everywhere else at the same time, that's huge. And then the follow-up from there, you guys know if you're effectively working a prospect, if you don't get them on the phone immediately, it's usually seven to 10 contact attempts to get them again. And then usually it's 20 plus for a purchasing decision. If you're doing that manually and you're doing that with 20, 50 clients a day, it's not even possible. No one has that much time. So applying automation to really help with that follow-up process, with that contact process through a combination of text, email, phone calls, ringless voicemail, messenger, all that sort of stuff is absolutely huge. And so having that sort of stuff implemented into your agency to have those contact rates and get the most out of your leads, whether they're coming from referrals or coming from organic social media or lead vendors or generating them yourself, getting the most out of all your leads and prospects is absolutely key. And it also, most of these will let you identify your numbers based off your different lead sources and stuff as well. Like better agency for one, just one example or ever you have multiple lead sources, like Everquote, NextGen, Datalot, you know, there's a few of the big ones or whatever. If you're purchasing leads from those, you can look and see, okay, here's what my cost per lead is for each of these. And here's what my average cost per sale is for these. Okay. I can clearly see this one is performing way better than these two. I'm going to shift some of my budget um, to that one because it's performing so much better and making informed decisions on where you get leads. I talk to agency owners all the time that don't know their numbers, don't know their metrics, or they're just purchasing from a lot of different places or generating their own. They're like, oh, I just try to get leads and try to sell them and hopefully I make money. 
but I don't even know if I'm making money because I'm not tracking any of this stuff. So tracking is absolutely critical and key. And that's something we teach day in and day out for making informed decisions because you can't make a decision if you don't have that information. And so that's a key thing that automation lets you do as well is to really to track better and make better decisions and really align those metrics to your goals and your roadmap of where you're shooting to be that week, that month, that year. So you can make sure that you can hit those as well, which is another thing a lot of agency owners, they just don't have the roadmaps. It's just like, I come in, I try to sell stuff, I go home. And it's like, well, that's just kind of more of a day to day. That's not like a roadmap and goals and where you're trying to get your agency to. So that's something we really focus on heavily too. I was going to say that you can just drop the mic after that. So David, I talk about I, this stuff all day. I love. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell because that's what you do. You do talk about it all day. That's what we really focus on, like experienced agents and agency owners, day to day, week to week. As part of our Closers Click program, that's what we focus on, really helping them do for growing and scaling their agencies is all these different aspects. I think you guys know is, is there's no magic bullet. There is no one thing that solves all problems, even though 99% of agents would be like, what's the magical lead vendor that gives me these leads that yeah, have their credit fine. card out and are ready to purchase as soon as I call them? Doesn't exist, guys. Sorry. Yeah. And it's also not going to solve your issues on the rest of your problems with automation, with your sales numbers, with hiring, all these other areas that agencies struggle in too. So before, because I actually want to get into the closers click and just kind of what you guys do in there. But I was thinking about when we were talking about automation, all the independent agents that are listening to us were like, yeah, this is great. They're taking notes. I'm writing down some of the ones that you threw out there. And then all the captive agents were saying, well, that must be nice, but we can't do any of that. We can't use any of those items. Sometimes the captive side depends on the company, but let's be real here. Some of the top performing agencies on the captive side, they're doing all these things. They're just not using the company branding and name for it and doing it outside. They're using incognito pages to run ads. They're using different softwares. I'm not mentioning specific people or specific companies. Some are stricter than others as far as the captive side. But they all know this stuff works. They see it work. They see it work on the independent side. And when a company tells them you can't do this or that, when they know it's the stuff that's working and they're having to use old school techniques or something like that, then they're like, how am I getting set up for success? And so they're doing this. And it's fine. It's the same as purchasing from a lead vendor, essentially. No captive companies being like, oh, you can't go to Everquote. But if you're running your own ads with no company branding and they come through as a lead to you, it's the same thing if you went and got it from a vendor, except you generate it yourself and it's exclusive to you, which is even better quality. And so at the end of the day, companies turn a little bit of a blind eye because it's the ending up the sales numbers and production for the company. So yeah, it's a little touch and go on the captive side. But honestly, a lot of these concepts can be applied. You just got to be careful with using your company's branding and name because obviously they want to control that brand because they spent so much money and time building up a huge reputation. And with that brand, they don't want to be affected by agents. So Yeah. Yeah, we were talking yesterday in preparation for the podcast. Talk about the four key pillars that you go over in your coaches and your closers click. Yeah, sure thing. Absolutely. That's the main areas that we focus on. Closures Click's really a comprehensive program on pretty much everything except for teaching the product knowledge and the carriers. I mean, everybody's got different products and carriers depending on the line of insurance. We work with captives, independents, all different lines. So we really don't focus on that because they should learn that any of themselves anyways. But we focus on these other pillars where really 90, 95% of agents and agency owners' problems and challenges really fall into. And the very first pillar we focus on with them is a consistent, full, and healthy pipeline. If you don't have that pipeline of prospects and people to talk to, nothing else matters along with that process. You can't sell people if you don't have people to talk to. And so we find that's a huge issue for agents and agency owners because usually it's inconsistent at best. And so they'll see a pipeline that's really full one time and they're stressed all over the place and trying to work it. Oh, I need to go hire people to help out with this. And then it'll immediately be on the other side of the end. And they're like, oh, well, I can't hire people because I don't have enough pipeline to justify hiring them. So I need to keep working this all myself. And now I'm struggling to try to find people to come into. So a consistent, full and healthy pipeline is absolutely key for everything else. And so we really focus on that first. And we dive into all the different areas, specifically in strategies for filling up that pipeline. So we dive into organic social media and teach strategies and techniques, how to generate leads and referrals off of your social for free without having to spend anything on ads and having stuff come through there. Because that's one thing that any agent, no matter their budget, can go ahead and start taking advantage of, and most don't. Or they just try to post on their business page and hope something comes through, which doesn't work, guys. Business page get like three to 8% reach on their post. No one's coming through your business page really outside of ads. 
or they're just boosting posts, which once again is not a great idea. If you're going to run ads, run from ads manager. But then we dive into strategic referral relationships. Those are huge for filling them up beyond just the typical ones of real estate agents and mortgage loan officers, like on the PNC side. You know, those are absolutely key and amazing. We focus on that too. But like one of our coaches and trainers with her agency, her biggest referral partner was a salon. There's tons of different opportunities and businesses out there. It can be huge referral partners, no matter what line of insurance you're in as well. And then we focus on generating their own leads through their own ads that are exclusive to them and how to do that, how to set those up, how to bring those in and how to work those. And then also focus on working with vendors. Uh, one of our coaches, Victor Gonzalez, that's a specialty of his. He actually worked for the largest captive agency in the whole country, $90 million Allstate agency. And then he went to work for a $40 million one. And his specialty is driving down their cost per sales. When he came in, was, all of them were over 400 to 450 cost per sale. And their main was $1,000 cost per sale. And within three months, he had them all under $150 cost per sale. And like for now, he generates his own off of AdWords for homeowners and he has under $60 cost per sale during his own stuff off of AdWords. And so optimizing your lead costs and if you're working with vendors is absolutely key, but that's another area of filling up that pipeline. So usually a combination of all of those different ones is absolutely key because you want to put all your eggs in one basket. You're doing only your own ads and your ad account gets shut down or paused. You don't want your pipeline to run dry. So normally it's a combination of all of those. And it's also able to scale. Like if one of them is falling short, you can scale up on generating your own or the vendor side, but like you can't really tell your referral partners, oh, I need four times as many leads this week. Can you send four times as many referrals this week? The referrals come in as they go. You can build those relationships and build more of them, but it's not like you can just turn a knob on your referral partnerships and be like, oh, I want four times as many. So the pipeline is the first pillar that we really focus on because it leads to everything else. The second one we focus on is once you have a bunch of people and you're trying to get them to those sales calls and appointments, you can't do that manually. It's not effective. It's not efficient. And so many are trying to do that and either getting stressed out, having leads fall through the cracks, not getting the contact rate that they need to get the highest sales and ROI off of everything. So that's where we dive into automation systems and processes in order to get them spending most of their time on those sales calls and appointments rather than trying to get people to those and to respond. And so that's really the solution at that point. So we dive into what kind of systems and processes and automations they can put in place to most effectively allow them to spend most of that time on the sales calls and appointments. And then the third pillar, obviously at that point, is sales and the conversions there. And you know, what sales techniques, building rapport, rebuttals, closing techniques, whether it's telesales or face-to-face, -face, we dive into how to close most effectively and how to sell better and really have the highest conversion rate possible. And even going into like social proof that goes along with that, testimonials and reviews. So many don't collect these at all. And so when you go look something up, especially on the independent side where no one knows the names of these companies anyways, if you go look something up and you have no reviews or one and the person down the street has 50, they're going to go use that person every day, all day long, especially millennials. If you don't exist online or you don't have really great reviews, you don't exist to us. You're basically uh, invisible. And so collecting those are key. And like, especially on life and health side, someone will sell a policy and they won't talk to the person until a year later, like, oh yeah, can I get a review? And it's like, I haven't heard from you in a year. I've got you in my agent. And so really consistently collecting those at the right time on the day-to-day -day is absolutely key. So focus on that. And then final pillar is the actual hiring and growing and scaling the agency, finding the right people, bringing them in, how to set them up for success and really how to move to more of an agency owner rather than a producer and how to manage those teams and all those different areas of your business as you grow and scale, not only that agency or if you move to having multiple agencies. And so that's another area that we focus on as far as the four pillars. Really mostly in that order as well, because we will cover different things and kind of those different areas. But a lot of that, you can't sell if you don't have the pipeline. You can't also sell if you're not getting people to those sales. And then you can't scale if you don't have something that's working. Too many people try to just hire and hope things work out. But if you don't have the processes and the pipeline, the sales in place, you can't scale that. And so that's why we don't go immediately like, go hire a bunch of people and go scale up. It's like, well, everything's broken. So so you're just going to cause more problems if you do that. So anyways, hopefully that wasn't too much, but those are kind of the four pillars that we really dive into for the program. Uh, that's awesome. I love the framework. I really do. And we'll transition, giving you an opportunity to be able to tell people how to engage with you, but how do people work with you guys or how do you work with your clients? For the closers quick, when they come into the program, we have three main calls with them each week. Yes, is a bit of a time commitment, but that's key to us. 
people coming in are the ones that want to take action, that want to put things in place to grow their business. And our whole program is focused on results. That's how we measure success. That's how they measure success. It's not just something that we teach or go watch a recorded course. We don't care if you use it or not. The whole point is to get those results and actions. That's why we talk to everybody before they come in. There's no place to go swipe a card and come in because we want the right people in there. And that's actually key to the culture and the community as a part of it. And so like on Mondays, we do a deep dive into training for that week and we'll do the training and we do it all live. So it's up to date and current like trainings on social media and like Facebook ads, for example, those can almost be outdated within even a week or a month because stuff is constantly changing. So we don't just have, oh, go check out the library and hey, this video is like outdated by a year, nothing works in it. No, we deliver it live. It's update, current. We can get questions, feedback from the members and their participation and everything is a part of that. And we give them one to two action items to complete that week for their business. Because once again, the whole point is putting things in place, getting results. And so we actually hold them accountable for those later in the week. And surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, they get them done because no one wants to be a person at the end of the week when everybody's like, oh, I did this. I got these leads. I got these referrals. I got these hires. I'm growing my business. And they're like, I didn't do anything. I didn't go anywhere. I'm still stuck. Nothing happened because I didn't do anything. So they all want to be the people getting the results. So they'll get their action items done that week. And honestly, that's the biggest feedback we've gotten of the favorite thing is the accountability portion. Like when I see all these other people pushing their business forward and I know I'm going to have to answer about getting these things done, I get them done. And honestly, people that are afraid of having accountability are probably not going to be the right fit because the whole point is us getting them to put these things in place and getting results. And so on Thursdays, we do office hours with all the coaches. We have coaches who are experts on sales and telesales and sales processes, building teams, hiring, organic social media, ads, mindset, all these different areas of your business. And so we have it where all these coaches are available and they can hop in and back and forth between the rooms with these coaches, get help and feedback on the specific areas that they're struggling with or wanting help with or on their ads or social, whatever that is with the coaches on Thursdays. We actually just got done with that before this. And then on Fridays, we do accountability and wins where we hold them accountable for those action items, go through, did you get these things done? If not, why not? And how can we help with whatever issues you ran into? And then if you did, what results did you get? And then we go through wins for the week with everybody. And we go through what big sales did they make that week? What new hires did they make? What automations they get put in place? What advances did they make that week? And everybody has these kind of old school bells that they ring each time that they have a win or ever, you know, it's fun. Everybody wins, rings the bells and I was really getting excited to see the progress week over week over week with those and hear from others what their experiences have been and wins as well before diving into the next train the next week. We also do like hot seats or reverse hot seats where we'll have people hop on a specific issue or challenge and dive into that with all the coaches and all the members on how they can solve that or reverse hot seat where someone will hop on and share exactly what they're doing and what's worked for them. Like one of the members is very good at building out referral relationships with car dealerships who send him literally all his business all day long as he has these dealerships sending him and he's just quoting and selling all these autos. And he's like, here's my exact process on how I did this. You can go set these up with dealerships yourself and other members can go do that and implement that themselves. It's very tight knit. It's like a family. It's very open, very positive. Everybody wants each other to win. This isn't like a secret secrets, everyone type thing. It's very positive community. That's very tight. And then finally, that's just what we're doing from our side as the coaches, but the members themselves are doing knowledge share with each other. Hey, here's what I ran this day that worked so well, or here's what I'm doing or testing. And you guys should go use this as well. Or sending referrals back and forth to each other as well. There's a bunch of referrals and business that they're sending each other to. So that's really how we're delivering this and how we're doing this on a week to week basis with the members of the Closers Club. This needs like a part two and three and four. I feel like marketing is like such a big field to talk about. And just hearing you speak, I can tell that you can really go into a ton of detail when it comes to all the different mediums of marketing. So it's been a pleasure speaking to you so far. And I don't know if you've heard our podcast before, but we have the world famous E9, which are basically rapid fire questions. They're rapid fire on our end, but not on yours. So you can take as much time as you need. But Bradley, let's go ahead and kick them off. All right, let's do it. What's the book that you recommend the most to others? Currently, it would be Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's an excellent book on negotiations. And he actually used to be the head international hostage negotiator for like the FBI or CIA. But yeah, oh, is that, he has it, bam. Not to give anything away, but that's one of the things that we send all new members to Closers Click is that book because it's so impactful and Victor used a lot of those techniques as a part of his sales process, so that he teaches. If there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play you and why? I'll take The Rock. Is that an option? I'll take The Rock. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> he's funny, he's serious, he's strong, he's kind, he's all the good things. I don't think too many people are going to say anything bad about The Rock. The dude's the man. man. If you just said Matthew McConaughey, everybody has said Matthew McConaughey up to this point. So Matthew I'm glad you didn't say that. <laughs> Maybe Kevin Hart if he wasn't so tight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I like The Rock, though. That's a good answer. All right. If you got stuck in an elevator and you were forced to listen to only one song, what song would you pick? Probably something by Drake. I don't know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Trophy. That would be tough. I'd pick one of those like endless YouTube mashups or something like that. So I can get at least three hours worth of song and then uh, just have it on repeat or something. So not the best answer, but uh, a good loophole. <laughs> loophole. <laughs> loophole. Right. <laughs> what do you do every day that you wish could be automated? I do tend to go into the office most days and work from our office as opposed to from home. Although my wife partner works from home a lot, but if I could automate transportation in the process of the getting from home to work, especially not having to actually drive, I'm looking forward to the self-driving cars or any other advances, Hyperloop, all that type of stuff. But really just the need for travel in general. Although right now I'm, I very much want to get back to outside the house with COVID. But yeah, I mean, if I could automate that whole commute transportation process or whatever, then yeah, that would be great. I was gonna say, sounds like you need a Tesla. Probably, yeah, Tesla will work. <laughs> All right, so we just finished. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Christmas coming up. New Year's, all that. So what is the strangest or weirdest family tradition that you have? I don't know if it's strangest or weirdest. I mean, it's maybe a little bit unique, but I tend to do mold wine around the holidays. So I'll do homemade spiced wine and put all the different spices mixed together on the stove and house smells really good and it tastes delicious, especially when it's cold outside. Not as much an issue in Florida, but if I'm up in Georgia or a different part of the country where it's a little cooler, definitely is a nice warm drink to have during the holidays. And it's not as popular as I think it should be. The store stuff is way too sweet, nasty, but if you do it homemade, it's very, very good. Awesome. I recently saw it in like my friend's social media account and it looks really, really good. I'm gonna try it. It's fantastic. So you've traveled overseas, so you're definitely used to long flights and know what they're like. Who would you like to sit next to in a 10-hour flight and why? And 10 hours isn't even that bad. When we live in South Africa, it's a 16-hour straight flight yeah. from Atlanta to Joburg, and that was the longest flight Delta does nonstop. So yeah, 10 hours isn't too bad. But if I could sit next to anybody, dead or alive? Yep. Okay. Super cheesy, but for real, would be my decisions. <laughs> my wife, Elle, and business partner, uh, we... We've been together since we were 16 in high school. It's our wow. dating high school sweethearts. And this upcoming year will be 10 years anniversary of being married. We got married at 21 right before finishing senior year of college. And it'll be 15 years together. So ain't no one I'd rather sit next to and chat with uh, than her. So she's going to give me crap for this when she hears it. But whatever. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Good answer. Great answer. All right. What's your favorite hobby when you're not working? What do you love to do? I have a few sports, always big growing up. So I play tennis, swim, soccer. I mean, almost any sports except baseball, I'm just awful at baseball. Yeah, I love sports in the gym. Also, I'm big into mixology. Actually, was a licensed bartender at one point in time, and I'm really big into doing handcrafted cocktails and different stuff. So I tend to make them for any parties or holidays and events and just really all the time for different people and stuff. So I like doing homemade branded cherries and like doing my own juices and mixes and stuff like that as part of them. So just a hobby of mine that, you know, that's fun. So. Cool. Well, I mean, I hope that this is not too much into the same lines, but what's something that I would never guess about you? I almost blew up the house and killed my mom and brother when I was like three or four. I was very young. My parents used to have a gas fireplace they would turn the key to turn the gas on and light and so you know that would come on whenever we were cold and so my mom was putting my brother up to bed one day for a nap he was younger than me and i climbed the bookcase to the very top where it was hidden behind a picture came down turned it on because i was cold and i wanted to fire literally don't know how fires work at that point so the gas just came out knocked me out and my mom could smell it from upstairs and grabbed me and took me out of the house. Look, my brother in for some reason. I don't know what that says. But uh, the firemen, when they came later on, said that walking across the carpet could have sparked and literally would have blown up the whole house. So yeah, so I was, uh, to be fair, when I was a young kid and toddler, I was quite the handful apparently. So, but yeah, that's always a fun story. 
It is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast after all. So what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Lead by example. You can tell people what to do, but if they see you doing the opposite or not following what you're telling them to do and how the way that you're living your life and how you're executing things, then it doesn't have any effect because they're really looking at who that person is and really how they operate, how they do business, their ethics, their work ethic, all that sort of stuff. And so you got to lead by example if you want people to follow you and to really invest in what you're teaching and preaching and what your mission of your organization is. So yeah, and probably not anything groundbreaking, but I mean, yeah, that's the best piece of advice that I try to follow. David, it's been great having you on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. We appreciate your time. If somebody wants to be able to get in touch with you, your team, and everyone at Jumpstart Go, what's the best way for them to be able to do so? The easiest way to do so is to literally just on Facebook type marketing for insurance agents. And that's our Facebook group of about 16,000 insurance agents in there. And that's the easiest way to just request to come join the group. All agents, agency owners are all welcome to come join this group, get connected with the team, with me. You can find me on Facebook. There's a lot of David Dennings, but there's only one that's associated with the market for insurance agents group and stuff. And so shoot me friend request, a message. I live on Facebook for better or for worse, just because it's a huge part of our business. And so I'm usually very good at responding to those, but that's probably the easiest way to get in touch and contact and start finding out who we are, what we do, and just really take advantage of that free Facebook group for insurance agents. So appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming. That was awesome. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be back. You're right. I could talk about this stuff three, four, five part sessions. I love it. You know, I can tell I'm pretty passionate about this in the industry. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Bradley, what a cool episode that was. Thank you so much, David, for coming out on the podcast and just blessing us with tons of knowledge that he had on marketing and just overall the insurance industry. One of the things that I walked away with is, is truly how the agency is becoming very high tech, whether they like to or not. But I think that if you are to survive today, you have to be digital, whether it is how you're communicating with the clients via Zoom or phone or how you're getting to the clients, whether it's a Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, bots, etc. had a blast speaking with David. I think the guy's a savant and I definitely want to have him again. What's something that you walked away with, Bradley? Well, I would say that this is no surprise coming from a business coach myself, but I really just love his framework that they have and the way that they work with people. Those four key pillars that he went over. Number one, having a strong, consistent pipeline of leads. Number two, the automation, the systems and the processes. Number three, just conversions. And actually, what are the things you need to do to actually now that you've got leads coming in to be able to convert them? And then lastly, the hiring and the scaling aspect and leading a team. And I like it whenever people have frameworks. I think in frameworks or coaching program, we talk about frameworks. And so I really loved his four key pillars and obviously all the things that you mentioned as well. David, thank you for your time. Hope you're able to come back on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. To all of our guests, we're really excited about what the future is going to hold for Club Capital and Club Capital University. We've got some exciting announcements going to be coming out over the next several weeks. So be on the lookout in your inbox for those. And if you're not getting our emails, make sure you go to club.capital forward slash podcast to be able to sign up to get notice when every single week, whenever we drop one of these podcasts and let us know, by the way, on social media, connect with us on social media, connect with us to be able to let us know if there's a guest that you feel like that we should be able to have on the podcast. We'd love to be able to reach out to them. Also, big thanks as always to Matt and Maddie Jonesa, our friends at Direct Clicks Inc. It's getting towards the end of the year. We wanted to be able to get the sales up. Reach out to Matt and Maddie Jones and talk to them about how pay-per-click ads and even now SEO will be able to help you and your business. Chris, until next time, lead well. And stay classy.